Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of our PrepCast. This podcast is dedicated to MBA and master's orientation and preparation. Today, I'm here again with Dr. Don Martin. You know him very well from our previous episodes. Um, he is a CEO and founder of Grad School Roadmap. You can find a direct link to his website here in the description of the podcast. And uh, he will tell you a little bit more about himself in a couple of minutes. Today, we will talk about the MBA resume and what you should do and what you shouldn't do, actually. Uh, so stay till the end to hear all of the advices that uh, Dr. Martin will give you. Um, feel free to add these episodes or, or all of the episodes to your favorites list so you will be able to see um, the newest episode that uh, we will upload. Uh, you will see them first. So Don, thank you for sharing your time today with us. It's a pleasure having you again here. Thank you, Martina. I absolutely love doing this. I'm so honored that you would ask me to uh, be with you in these uh, uh, episodes. I, I'm, this is wonderful. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure. Thank you as well. And let's start actually with um, the first question that uh, I have for you. And okay. uh, what should be the structure of MBA resume? What should be included in the MBA resume? Let's start with this one. That's a great question. And in many ways for MBA applicants, preparing a resume might be a little easier than it might for some others who don't do this as often because an MBA resume is really a business resume. And when folks are already in the business world, they've been out working for a while after their undergraduate experience, they have had practice in preparing resumes because sometimes they change jobs. And so they're going to need a resume in order to send it out for other opportunities that they may be looking for that may come their way or whatever. So there's a, uh, th this, is, this is something that I think MBA applicants are a little more familiar with than other applicants may be. That said, in the case of a resume for an academic program, you always want to start out with your education section. Unlike if you were applying for another position in the business world, your education section would most likely come at the end of your resume. Not so when you're applying for an academic program. This is a degree program at a university to which you're applying, so therefore, the education section comes first, then the professional experience or work experience or employment section that you would have, that comes next. But also very importantly, there's a third section that definitely needs to be part of an MBA resume and that is your extracurricular or community involvement. What did, what did you do what are some of the activities that you were involved in in college? And what have you been doing community service-wise since you left college and as you've been starting out in your career? Because what they want to know, what the admissions committee wants to know about you is your academic preparation, your 
professional preparation and your interpersonal preparation. All of those are important. So that's what you should be featuring in your resume and in my opinion, in that order. And actually, should the applicants uh, maybe look for some keywords first uh, before um, they start writing uh, their resume um, or that is not a necessary thing? Great question. In my opinion, that is not necessary. I think what is most important is preparing this document, this resume, to highlight as best you can and as honestly as you can who you are and what you've accomplished. And you do not need to have a key word or a key phrase. You really don't. But you want to provide this information clearly and honestly and completely would be my advice on that question. Great, thank you. And actually, um, when um, I uh, chat with some uh, applicants and prospective students, of course, they usually ask, should I include GPA on the MBA resume? Uh, could you give some advices about this one? Yes, I always recommend that you provide GPA information on your resume. Now, what I advise my coaching clients to do is on the first line of a particular educational degree program would be the name of the university and where it's located. So let's say someone attended uh, Oxford University in England. So it would be Oxford University, comma, Oxford, comma, England. That would be on the first line. The second line would be bachelor's degree in English literature, let's say, and the year that you graduated. Let's say it was 2019. So the second line would, then the third line would be overall GPA. Now, and then you put whatever that is. If in addition to your overall GPA, they also give you a GPA in your major, that you could, so you could list both of those actually on the same line. You could put overall GPA, uh, 3.4, uh, semicolon, uh, GPA in major, colon, 3.7. Usually, those GPAs in the major are higher than the overall GPA might be. So if you have both, you can include them. If you don't, you should include, in my opinion, your, your overall GPA every time. Great. Thank you so much. And let's uh, mention here the um, language that um, applicants uh, use. Yes. So from your admission uh, point of view, is it appropriate to use active language without uh, foreign or unfamiliar words or not, not exactly? Here again, Martina, in my, I, I'm going to pause and give an overall piece of advice to our applicants, and then I'll come back to this specific question, if that's okay. Um, I, I so, during my tenure as a Dean of Admissions, I did this work for 28 years overall, from 1980 until 2008. And during that time, I evaluated over 125,000 applications. I'm not saying that to brag, but just to let our listeners know 
that the comments I make around these things are based on an entire career that was spent evaluating applications and loving just about every minute of it, by the way. So it, as I evaluated these applications, and 11 of those years, by the way, were spent at Chicago Booth as the Dean of Admissions there. And during that time, I evaluated probably between 75 and 80,000 MBA, full-time MBA applications. And what was always most desirable for me was for an applicant to truly be who they are and simply communicate based on their personality. That I believe many admissions offices do applicants a disservice by promoting this thing about you've got to stand out and you have to be unique and you have to do this. And, and I understand to a point what they're saying, but for me, the greatest way anyone ever stands out is when they are just who they were created to be. They're just themselves. Uh, a philosopher by the name of Oscar Wilde said it best. I love this quote. I've said it many times. Martina probably gets tired of hearing it because I say it a lot. But Oscar Wilde said, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. And that is so true. We Absolutely. All, yeah. Know, when we get around people that we, that we meet for the first time, none of us are, not most of us are trained psychologists, but you can usually get a sense when you meet someone, whether they're being honest or whether they aren't. And if someone comes across to you as not being quite, they're just something about them turns you the wrong way. You don't, they don't feel like they're being honest. They feel like they're pulling something over on you. What is our reaction to people like that? We don't want to go up and say, oh, I want to get to know you better because I really could. No, we, we, we distance ourselves. We step back. We don't want to be around that person. Well, as an applicant, you need to realize that there's only one of you. There's nobody else like you ever. You're very special in that way, in a good way. So let that shine through. So back to the question. If, if at a certain point in an essay or a short answer question or a resume, or, you know, you happen to think of an active word you can use, that's okay. I'm not saying that there should be no active language, but more importantly, this is about the admissions committee getting to know who? You. And there's, as I said, you're the only one who can do that. So that's what's more important in my opinion. Awesome. Thank you uh, so much. And, and we all know that uh, double checking is something really important. Uh, doesn't matter if it's a essay, resume or something else. So do you suggest proofreading of the resume from oh, your point yes. of view? And I'm so glad you asked that because you would think, Martina, that most folks, whether you're applying for an educational program, applying for a job, would would think of doing this, but they don't. So I'm so glad you asked. Yet the answer to the question is yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> and, and let me just say this. Let's, the, the more competitive an academic program is, obviously the more applications there are. And I know when I was at Chicago Booth, we, I was sometimes evaluating between four and 5,000 applications in one year and the I could only bring in a class of 500 students. That was very difficult. That was one in 10 applicants I could admit. It was very, very difficult. 
And one of the ways that I distinguished between applicants truly was were their applicate did their applications look like they spent time preparing them, including proofreading? And if the resume was rift with mistakes and essays had mistakes and that that applicant was denied. I thought if this is if this is your best effort at making a positive impression on the committee, you just failed. Uh, you of uh, you. I'm so oh, thank you for asking this because yes, you want to make now. Are there is there ever a perfect application with no mistakes at all? Probably not. There could be a little typo here or maybe a place where you were supposed to put a period and you accidentally put a comma. That's one thing that one or two of those in an application is is absolutely acceptable and it's expected. But mistake after mistake after mistake, oh, it makes it look like what you did was take your very first draft of your resume or your essays and ended up submitting that rather than the final draft. So absolutely, by all means, uh, do some good proofreading. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much. And sure. uh, actually, um, is the strongest resume often brief and straight to the point or, or not exactly? Another great question. And this is, this is an interesting, um, it's just an interesting topic to talk about. My best response, <clears throat> excuse me, to that question would be that it might be dependent on the size of the resume that you are being permitted to submit. Many MBA programs request or require a one-page resume. And for someone, most MBA applicants have been out of college for three to four to five to seven or eight years. So there's a lot of experience there that they want to try to capture in their resume and doing it in a one page resume is, is very challenging. So in that case, the, you have to be brief. You don't have a, you don't have a choice. You, there are things you might have to leave out. Now, if that's the case, then you need to check with a, if, if you hire an application coach, that's one of the things I do all the time is, is advise my clients on what would be the best resume to use here or what would be best to have as the content of this resume if it's only one page. If you're given a two-page limit, then you don't have to be that short and to the point. You can use that two pages. Now, don't fill it up with things that are not relevant, but clearly most people, if given a chance to complete a two-page resume for an MBA application, they have information that could at least make it a page and a half or a page and three quarters. So if that's the case, again, it doesn't have to be so brief that, that it leaves the reader thinking, oh, I wish they'd have said a little more about this. So that if you have two pages, you can submit more, you should feel free to do so provided that it's relevant, but that, that you are adding to what you might not have been able to add to for a one-page document. I hope that made sense. 
Of course, thank you so much. And sure. my my last question, but only for today, last <laughs> will be: um, Should applicants include all of their experience uh, in the MBA resume? For example, the summer lifeguard position uh, is it needed information for the admissions team or not at all? Great, great closing question. And I'll go back to my previous the previous question. If you have a one-page resume, uh, a lifeguard position, I think might be something you could leave out. You might be able, if, if that was an important part of your life, you might be able to find out a way to include that in an essay so that you do cover it. But if, if you're really limited for space, being a life, unless you, there's a way to tie in what you gained from that experience as a lifeguard. Now, come to think of it, Lifeguards sometimes have to make very quick decisions, very quick, life and death. They all of a sudden, somebody looks like they're drowning. They don't have a chance to think about a few philosophies of life. They have to act immediately. Business folks have to do that too. So if you believe that this experience as a lifeguard honed your skills of decision-making, of responding to a crisis, of staying calm in the midst of tremendous stress, and people might be hysterical, family members might be you know, all upset, and here you are having to try to, that's something that you may want to include and then address it later. But the point is, you want to make sure that what you include in your resume is a fair description of things that you've done since you graduated from high school, from college on. And the longer the resume limit, the longer, if you can have a two-page resume, I see no, I, I've had applicants talk about uh, being involved in a tennis camp for four years during college. I thought that was great. That tennis work, tennis, is a very amazing sport, or they worked with Teach for America, or they did the Peace Corps, or they traveled for a year. Those things are very interesting too. And I would not immediately discard them just because you feel like they don't exactly pertain to earning an MBA. As I said, when you step back and really think about some of those activities, they might. So where it is appropriate to add something beyond a work responsibility or a work title or a degree that you earned, but rather a lifeguard, a tennis coach, a member of Teach for America, a member of the Peace Corps traveling overseas. They're all relevant in my opinion. And they, they round out a more complete picture of who you are. So if you have this space, if you, you gotta start by making sure you include the things that are most important, but as that space allocation increases, so does what you can put in your resume. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dom, for answering uh, all of the questions today. Um, I want to remind everyone that uh, they can find a link to your website in the description of this podcast. And of course, they can find all of the previous uh, episodes here. So feel free to listen and to leave a comment or add to the episode to your favorites. Uh, that will help us to uh, improve our channel. Uh, stay tuned for more because we will have um, a lot of topics with Don that we'll discuss. And uh, if you want to be up to date, just stay tuned. 
Um, I want to wish good luck to everyone that uh, listened today. And um, I hope that uh, we helped you in your MBA path. And uh, on behalf of our team, have a nice day and stay tuned for more. Thank you.